Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast, the hospitality leadership podcast. And today I'm taking us back to September where I had the the privilege of interviewing Will Kenny on stage at lunch at the XL in London. Now, Will is the commercial director at 200 Degrees. And in this episode, we sort of cover the the, the start of 200 Degrees and, and the principles that they've built the business on. We also touch on why they are so proud of including Robusta in their house blend and why they are transparent in tournament, especially in this age of, certainly from the specialty coffee point of view, it's not always seen as a a, a bean that is part of you know top level quality. But Will gives us a different a different look on on why they include Robusta in their house blend. And then we also look at the most important aspect of running a hospitality business from the point of view of 200 degrees and what they are striving to do through their through their, their business journey. But first of all, I want to thank Chris Brazier and his team, the organising team of Lunch, for allowing us to use the recordings. But also a big thank you to Will for equally for allowing us to, to use these recordings. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And we're going to get into this after we get back from thanking our sponsors. Now is the perfect time to make any changes in your business and begin forming new habits with your team. That means it's the perfect time to introduce employee scheduling software to your business and that's exactly what Road to Cloud does. Build your employee schedule in record time simply by dragging and dropping your way to a staff rotor within minutes. It's just as simple to change and alter and tweak your schedule as you need to and you'll know in hospitality that happens all the time. And it also helps to keep on top of your staff availability, their contact contracted hours, holiday and leave remaining, and any upcoming days off so you're fully informed. With a really intuitive user interface, you can copy entire week shifts or duplicate select team members shifts and not others and apply them across any date range. I've said many times the biggest change for me in my business from an admin point of view is when I started using employee scheduling software and I have no doubt Rotoglout could do exactly the same for you. Don't wait, pause this episode and head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash Rotocloud and sign up for your free 30-day free trial. What's more, there's no credit card required. It's a genuine free trial. Do it now. That's thecafehustle.com forward slash Rotocloud. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for this interview with Will. So I'll start off and let you introduce yourself, who you yep. are, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Will Kenny. I'm the commercial director for 200 Degrees Coffee Roasters. Um, so we, uh, we have a roast house in, in Nottingham and then we have 17 shops around uh, the Midlands and the North predominantly. Yeah. And what about you? What was your journey before you came into 200 Degrees? Um, so I guess like a lot of people, I sort of fell into hospitality accidentally, um, did hospitality management and then moved into pubs, bars, um, you know, got sick of working till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> An opportunity came into, into coffee 20 two years ago yeah. Um, and um, yeah found myself at 200 degrees uh, about 18 months ago yeah. I started and what kept you in coffee I think it's just one of those it's one of those products that everyone has an opinion of um, yeah. it's accessible but also you know there's so much to learn you never get bored of it and it's like it's all of the for me it's all of the best parts of hospitality without the really late nights and yeah. it's a bit more sociable you know you don't have to deal with drunk people um, <laughs> so yeah it's uh, I think it's just that fact you always always learn something more yeah I suppose I best introduce myself I'm not Gavin as was originally listed 
in the program. I'm Andy Jones. I'm the creator and the host of Cafe Hustle podcast. So now, take us back to the very beginning of 200 Degrees. What's the story behind the three founders and to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, Rob Darby and Tom Vincent um, had been running bistros, um, student nightclubs, you know, all of that kind of stuff from uni um, in and around Nottingham. And, you know, like a lot of uh, hospitality operators, you know, this is going back 10 years ago, um, they were buying coffee through a wholesaler and, you know, they'd do the tasting. It would taste one way and then their teams would make it the next day and it tasted completely different. And sometimes it was a little bit light brown, sometimes it was a bit dark brown, sometimes it ran in five seconds, sometimes, you know, all of the, the challenges that, you know, I know yeah. you probably had from a, a coffee shop operator. So they just thought, well, actually, we'll learn how to roast coffee. So they bought a 15kg topa, a big warehouse that doubled up as a football pitch because there was nothing else in it other than this little roaster. Um, and used their bistro to try different recipes and find something that worked for their, for, their, for their customers. And if you think back to how coffee was in the UK back in that sort of time, you know, kind of Flat White and Berwick Street had opened in 2005. You know, all of that third wave coffee was coming through. It was very sour. It was quite light roasted. Um, you know, the guys went on a forage around London and basically one of them came back and said, I literally just want a cup of coffee that tastes like effing coffee um, and you know so our, our whole approach is we don't we don't roast the coffee that we think is the best coffee in the world we we make our guests the cup of coffee that they want and if they want to put six sugars in it yeah. fine knock yourself out if that's going to make you happy that's exactly what you should have yeah and it's a it's a challenge for us as coffee houses in that we have to adapt to the consumer mm -hmm. it's no good like you say peddling specialty coffee and the best tasting coffee or what we think yeah. is the best tasting coffee so how does that fit in into where the business has grown to is that still the philosophy that you follow yeah absolutely it was about making sure that we did things right and we supported you know from so it started the business started as, as wholesale so roasting coffee selling it into coffee shops um, and then two years later the first coffee shop opened really as a showcase for the coffee um, you know, to help demonstrate to operators what you should do. And that sort of ethos of making time to help has kind of carried through to where we are now. So um, we have six barista schools, for example. So we have members of the public that all come in to learn how to, you know, make coffee uh, over a weekend. We then have open that up to, to our wholesale clients for training as well. Yeah. And how do your wholesale clients receive that? Is, it, is that something that you want to do to control your product? In a way, or is it more about supporting the businesses? I think, I think it's a bit of both, you know, kind of no, nobody opens a coffee shop or wants to serve coffee if it's not as good as it possibly can do. The same way as, you know, you, you wouldn't dream of doing that, um, you know, with food. And food's a great analogy. You know, I can, if you can't cook and I give you the best, most perfect sirloin steak, you're going to make a hash of it. It's the same with coffee. So, you know, helping people to actually deliver coffee through to point of quality in the cup is, is absolutely critical. And that's what we hopefully, you know, kind of try to do and, uh, with all of our wholesale clients. The earliest success of the business, and yep. obviously it's grown steadily over the last 10 years. What do you put that down to? Is it purely great product or is um, there another element to... I, so what you do at 200 degrees? You know, first and foremost, I think it's our founders. Um, so Rob and Tom have, uh, have got very different personalities. Um, and I think inevitably when you get people that have got different skill sets and they're bringing their own, you know, kind of uh, success or piece of the pie. So, you know, again, when you look at uh, the coffee shops are opening at that time, it was all about 
how can we serve the world's best coffee? Well, you know, that, that takes time to do. You can't do it on scale. You know, actually, a coffee shop should be a really warm, welcoming place. You should have plenty of seats. You should be able to, you know, if we're meeting up for a coffee, we should be able to say, oh, let's meet in 200 degrees and yeah. know we can get somewhere to sit down. Um, and running it as a business, you know, it, it can't be coffee being the big be all and end all. You know, we all work in hospitality and, and, and ultimately it's the guest experience that is by far and away the most important thing. Doesn't matter whether you're in a you know, hotel or a bar or a sandwich shop, you know, ultimately you want your guests to go out just enjoying that moment and, and perhaps not even knowing why they've enjoyed it. It's all those little touches that, you know, you hope that you put into the overall ambience of service that, you know, gives them that, that warm feeling when they leave. Yeah. There's obviously a challenge and there's a balance to be struck between the commercial side of the, obviously the element of the business and delivering that. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, the challenges that you face in doing that? Well, kind of no great shock if you say people. Yeah. <laughs> sure everyone can relate to that. Um, you know, so one of the reasons why, I, you know, I'm, for, for me personally joining the business was the fact that core team had stayed there and clearly they totally bought into the vision that Tom and Robert set and, and it, you know, it was, it was a good place to be. And I think, you know, working, you know, it sounds really kind of tweed to say it, but generally it's a very caring business. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, if I think back to when I was in my early twenties, you know, going to work, it, the, it was the opportunity to work with your friends and they were your social life. And, and actually, if you can do that, then 10 hours goes nice and quick. You have fun. Um, and, you know, that, that's definitely one of the things we try and create and, and, and hold on to as we get bigger. And do you find by investing in your people more like that, obviously there's a, there's a cost element to mm -hmm. that and there's a care element. Do you see it in the, in the business side, in the sales? Are you seeing benefits financially from investing in your people? Yeah. Can definitely. you connect the two? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's always very difficult to make that direct correlation yeah. between the two. But I think inevitably, you know, if you've got that good, solid core base, all of those people that buy into your vision, they're delivering your values every single day. You know, that's 90% probably of everything we do in hospitality. Yeah. Um, yes, it's important that you've got, you know, kind of good, good products and you've got good service. But, you know, your people need to be engaged. They need to be wanting to be there and, you know, and making sure that guest is there. Is their, is their purpose. You know, we always yeah. encourage them to, to make time to, to, to look after that, that person that they're serving at that, that one moment in yeah. time. Now, turning to your coffee mm -hmm. and your house blend, yep. and you're very transparent about the fact that you include Robusta in that blend, and it's very often overlooked in the specialty world of coffee, Robusta. It's almost frowned upon in certain elements. Yeah, absolutely. Where, what's your approach to that then? Why, why are you bringing that into your house blend Ultimately, because that's what our guests want. You know, if you uh, if you look at you know the the UK coffee market, 90% of what we're going to be selling is is lattes and cappuccinos. Yeah. Um, so the average coffee drink size is 12 ounces. If you've got a blend that's super light, it's super floral, and you put a bucket load of milk on the top of it, oat milk or, or dairy milk, you know you need your coffee to carry through. So I think, you know, we, we actively put Robusta in there. It's not there as a cost saving. You know, we spend a lot of time and effort sourcing the best, you know, Gannon Robusta that we can to be able to kind of deliver that. Um, and just because something's 100% Arabica doesn't mean it's right or better than something that has Robusta in it. Yeah. And in terms of that, obviously, like you say, the most popular drinks are the milk-based alternative milk. Yeah. Are you getting any feedback? How do you... Do you get any feedback from your customers other than them buying the coffee to know 
are the trends staying the same? Are they changing? Yeah, so one of the things that we've tried to do is, is come up with a, a sort of a scale of awareness because obviously as with all things, be it wine or beer or food, people's level of knowledge and understanding is all at different places. So, you know, I, like yeah. I think I'm reasonably knowledgeable <laughs> about coffee. Um, so I might, you know, put myself towards the upper end of the scale, but we get lots and lots of customers that are coming from the big three. They'll go into town, they'll buy, a, you know, a coffee in, you know, the, uh, in all of the chains that you all know. How do you then give them that way of learning a little bit more and feeling comfortable and approachable to actually try something different? Um, yeah, and, and again, without bashing third wave kind of speciality, you know, it was sometimes it was just so inaccessible. Yeah. You as a consumer just end up feeling foolish or just, you know, kind of just ashamed to ask a question because you yeah. don't understand what a a wet process versus, you know, a naturalist, you know. Um, so I think our, our challenge is how do we help people kind of learn more about coffee, you know, truly kind of get to the bottom of, of uh, you know, all of those nuances and flavours, but in a really, really open and easy way. Yeah. So, um, And how do you go about that? Because I know, like you say, when you go into these places and specialty coffee can be very intimidating yeah. to some people. How, how are you breaking down the barrier in the shop over the coffee bar so i guess first things first we just do one cup size keeps it super easy none of this like you know do you want a pint of coffee uh one cup size you know our baristas they're first and foremost you know they're there to to make sure that the guest experience is good um you know it's not about them pushing the particular coffee that they think is their favorite um and it's just being about being open and, and, and accessible really i think so that people feel comfortable to ask those questions um, and then with the barista schools that we have, so literally we have people come on, you know, on a Saturday morning for three hours, they want to learn how to pour a swan or a rosetta, um, or, you know, obviously with lockdown, loads of people bought coffee machines yeah. in lockdown. It's amazing how many people then don't know how to use them. So um, uh, one of our guys, Alex, he did about 300 one-to-one -one wow. Zoom classes from his kitchen with people that had bought coffee machines at home. Um, and I think it's, making the time to try and help and you know it's very difficult to try and quantify any commercial yeah. you know benefit from that but it's the right thing to do so we yeah. do it and in terms of in terms of offering that you know, barista school mm -hmm. is is it still are you still doing a digital element a distance element to it over zoom or has that now faded away? Has it gone back to more yeah kind of I think people are, you know the, yes there is obviously that digital element um, and it is something that, that I don't think is going to go away, but there's something very tactile and, and actually, you know, people who come to our barista courses, they tend to do it, you know, as that experience, yeah. you know, they want to get hands on, you know, it's, if it's local, you know, you know they, they want to have that interaction, I think, with people. Yeah. So going on to, and I know we've touched on your people and looking after your wholesale, cl wholesale clients. Mm -hmm. Do you see them very much the same as you would see someone that walks into your store? Do you still, obviously you've got to look after them. What's your approach to the relationship with your wholesale clients? How does that work? Uh, just, you know, as, as you would hope it would be with, you know, I'm sure you guys have all got vendors in your business. You know, you want to understand what's going on. Um, how can they add value to their business? I think one thing that I've really learned in, you know, having come from sort of selling coffee to other people to now being on the operator side is you realize, you know, some of the account managers out there are really not very good. And actually, there are also some very, very good ones that as an operator, you sometimes put up your, sh your shield and defenses, but, you know, they're the experts. They know about 
I don't know, kombucha or sandwiches yeah. or like whatever product it may be. So I think it's, it's about making sure we have that philosophy back with our wholesale clients. And because yeah. we run coffee shops, we might have conversations around where we buy our milk or what machines we're trialing or, you know, all of the relevant stuff. Because if you're a coffee operator, like you had, you had yeah. your cafe, it kind of, can be kind of quite isolating. How do you, how do you kind of have confidence in yeah. what's going on? Absolutely. You know, uh, and you know, there's a couple of people here. We have a WhatsApp group, and we share those concerns. And I think it's very easy to assume that everyone understands all the answers to questions. Nobody's got the answers, but yeah. you know, if you ask other people, you get you get their view. Um, and again, one of the things I love about the hospitality industry is I reach out to lots of people and say, "We're looking at this," or "Have you done this?" or "Have you approached it?" And more often than not, people will actually come and help and share yeah. share their knowledge and their experience. What's your usual response when staff call in to say they're not going to make it into work? Frantically texting, emailing and sending WhatsApp messages in an effort to find cover by the time you open your doors. Yeah, we've all been there, but there is an easier way. Rotacloud is a people management platform that allows you to communicate directly with your staff and find shift replacements fast. With 24-7 access to the Rota and shift updates delivered immediately and sent out across the team, staff can notify you if there's a problem with an upcoming shift. And you can even set it up so employees arrange their own cover which will save you the headache get your shifts together with rotacloud head over to the cafehustle.com forward slash rotacloud and start your free 30-day free trial the Cafe Hustle is also supported by Espressly. Now, with the move to digital happening fast and your customers expecting to get access to your business wherever they are, means a mobile ordering solution is crucial for allowing your customers to order on the go. Not only that, but your digital presence must be an extension of your physical location and brand. With Espressly, you can get your very own branded mobile ordering app that integrates seamlessly with other brands, including Square. Give your staff and customers a mobile ordering experience Experience usually only reserved for big budget operators and chains. Check out what is possible over at thecafehustle.com forward slash Espressly. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-S-L-Y. If you need a mobile ordering app, you need Espressly. And that's the beauty of certainly the coffee industry is everyone does want to generally share the knowledge because a rising tide lifts all ships and it's we need to be coming together like that now. Yes. Is... Is that something that has changed more recently? Have you, has coffee always been like that with your, I think because been coffee, for a while? You know, if you look at specialty coffee, it's such a fledgling industry in the UK. Really, it's only sort of 25 years old, really. So I think by, by the fact it hasn't got those decades of inbuilt either, um, you know, kind of clashes between big organizations yeah. and, you know, at the end of the day, all we're doing is roasting some coffee and selling some coffee. We're not changing the world. And I think people get a bit caught up with their own pretensions of how, what they're doing is so yeah. important. Like, it, it really isn't. There are people doing far more valuable yeah. things every day. And, you know, we shouldn't, really, true, we shouldn't yeah. take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. You touched on digital earlier. We were talking about the, Brit, the barista school. Yeah. In terms of how you are now interacting with your customers, and obviously the pandemic will have changed that massively, and you would have been in the middle of that really yeah, yeah, absolutely how has your interaction with the customer changed over your time with 200 degrees so i think you know we're very much a people business so um you know that uh, particularly over you know dare i say use the covid word you know coffee shops were the few places you could get out and we had lots yeah. of stories and examples of you know people that were coming in that might be their only human interaction yeah. in that day 
Um, you know, I've, I've got a family, so you know, lockdown for me wasn't too challenging. But if you live on your own, um, you, you know, you, you, you may be in a flat. Ha having that interaction, I think, is important. But then we've also seen, you know, obviously the proliferation of QR codes, you know, Teams, and yeah. you know, so many people didn't know how to use that pre-lockdown, and inevitably that changes our working patterns. Um, and I think how we see that reflected in the, in the trading patterns in the shop is that you know you don't get those really solid day parts in terms of you know the the, the early morning the commuters yeah. and the lunch traffic. It's it's far more measured and balanced throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously you know people hybrid working, so we'll get lots of people who work in the coffee shops. And you know really the the only digital point that we've really introduced from that perspective is you know you can sit there and someone will bring you a coffee. Right. So it's not interactive, you know, it's not spoiling that whole kind of relationship, yeah. but it's convenience because all been in coffee shops, so you've got your laptop out and you think, I want another coffee, but I can't be bothered to pack everything up and, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of go back and queue. Yeah. And how has that been received? Have you seen, a, I know obviously the trend of people working remotely yep. has increased, but have you seen since you've introduced that way of ordering, has it increased the number of people who are working from? Um, coffee shops? I don't think it's necessarily changed the number of people that are working in the coffee shop, but what it's changed is, is getting that second or third cut from those people. Because yeah. um, again, you know, it's great, but then also it's a challenge as an operator because you don't want covers taken by people that are there yeah. for six hours a day coding yeah. and buying one cup of coffee. You know, that doesn't, because that struggle to find that happy medium sometimes. Yeah. It's, it is a very much a balance in that respect, because obviously we need to be those, those covers need to be creating more revenue. Yeah. Is there anything else you've done in terms of have you explored like the online ordering when they're not for collection? And is that something you've looked at? Yeah. So on, on online ordering and delivery, and you know, is something that literally is a live conversation. I had a meeting with someone yesterday about it. Um, you know, I think part of it is a, a generational thing. You know, some of my team remind me I am actually quite old now. Um, you know, I would never dream of ordering a coffee for delivery. And I think sometimes the challenge is, you know, as kind of business owners and leaders is how do you do things that, you know, again, that your guests really want. Yeah. So we're kind of dipping our toe in the water there, but we're not going to do it if it's not done well. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want our coffee shops to be clustered up with, you know, kind of delivery riders coming in. You know, we've all been into those uh, outlets where that's happened. It, it just gets in the way of that experience. And, you know, one thing we try very hard is once you've bought your cup of coffee and you sit down, we don't sell to you. So yeah. there's no posters, there's no table talkers advertising the latest, you know, kind of flavor of seasonal yeah. drink. It's, you know, you bought your coffee, sat down, enjoy it and, you know, remove all of the noise that goes around it. Yeah. And in terms of, again, the change in working patterns, mm -hmm. obviously there's more people who are working from home as well, not necessarily in the coffee shop. Did that impact, has that had a lasting impact on 200 degrees? Yes, definitely. Um, so, you know, if you think about, our, we've got a shop on Colmore Row in Birmingham, you know, big business district, you know, that level of trade would steadily ramp up throughout the week. Yeah. You know, I'm sure if you're, you know, for operators in central London, Mondays and Fridays, you know, everyone seems to be telling me they've really tailed off. Um, and we definitely see that Saturdays seem busier. And I think it's just that thing of, you know, if you were going to the office before, you might have nipped out at your lunch hour to pick up whatever you needed to pick up. You know, Saturdays now become that golden day yeah. ever more so where you need to maximize what's going on in terms of that revenue opportunity in the, in the shop on the Saturday. Yeah. And what are you doing to maximize it? What sort of things are you putting in place? Um, 
So speed of service and, and efficiency, again, is the challenge for everyone. You've only got that finite window. How, how, do you, how can you get your, your customers and your guests through that business um, so they get what they want as quickly as possible? Nobody likes queuing, so you can use the app and you can sit down and you can order at the table. Um, but then it's also looking at efficiency measures. So it might be new technology. So as a trivial example, we've put a new, a new coffee grinder in it. It goes from taking seven seconds to two and a half seconds. Yeah so what you might think but yeah. again you multiply that over 500 drinks Absolutely. over the day and yeah. you know I, I everyone's heard of you know Dale's Bra Dave Brailsford and his marginal gains it's yeah. all of those little things that we can just keep nudging up the dial and whilst we're doing that you know hopefully we're freeing up the team to have more time to engage with guests which is like that is the job of the barista they're not just there to make coffee and yeah. we don't want people who are just head down we want people that are, uh, are out there engaging yeah I think it's certainly for smaller operators that are the head is filled with other stuff. It's something they overlook. And I think the workflow behind the bar is so important. It comes down to, uh, back to guest experience again. Again, that's what we do as an industry, is yeah. it? Providing that experience. And if it is that someone queues for five minutes less than they would do, it makes a big difference. And then that's what brings them back, back to our stores and, yeah. and more money in the town. Oh, definitely. And if you look at, um, you know, kind of chefs, when you're doing kitchen layout and design, you know, the sh chefs don't move. <laughs> yes. Yeah because they have their, 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 their triangle of efficiency yeah. so they know you can get to everything they want. The number of coffee shops you go into and you just think, oh my God, no wonder the baristas are absolutely knackered at the end of the shift because you know, the sink's over there, they haven't got a pitcher rinser or the flow's the wrong way around or the cups are somewhere yeah. awkward. And, and I think it's, you know, one of the things I feel is, is our job as a kind of the, the roast house team is to make sure we give our teams that are working in the shops every day the best environment. Yeah. Um, and we definitely don't get it right all the time. So, um. but that's the beauty of it. Is it's, it's it's making sure that we're aware of it and constantly changing whether it is where something's placed or just tweaking things to, to get it to get it right. And we get it, we have had it got it no. pretty spectacular wrong. So we've got a shop at um, in York at the MacArthur. It's our, one of our biggest shops. And we opened it, and you know, within the first half an hour of service, you go, "This is no, we're not going to cope. Like this is just <laughs> overwhelming." And we literally rebuilt the entire counter yeah. overnight and moved it so that we had, uh, you know, a meter and a half behind the, yeah. the, the the back of the machine. So, I think it's just recognizing when something's not right, be decisive and yeah. fix it, because you know, I would I, I worked there for an hour. And I was like, this is just insane. And you imagine the baristas and the, and the team members that have got to do, you know, 30, 40 hours in that yeah. environment. You know, we shouldn't expect them to, to accept that. Yeah. And that sort of cost is something that will pay off in the lifetime of the business, isn't it? You yeah. Know, by saving that and making people happier. But also just not even, you know, not even looking at it from a financial element. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, we want to look after our teams. So, you know, we wouldn't accept that. So why should we expect anyone else to, yeah. to, to do that? Now, probably the widest range of answers you can give me to this one, but what's your biggest challenge now? Over the next six months, obviously, we've got the, the energy crisis. There's issues around the labor supply and retention as well. What, is, what big issues are you looking at addressing over the next six months? Nobody wants to talk about energy, I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, it's rubbish. That's kind of like a given. Um, you know, we've, uh, we're gonna, our, our costs are going to double in terms of electricity, but right. we've got that locked in. You know, we've factored that in in terms of our business planning. So it's, it's terrible, but we've mitigated for it. I think with our teams, as, as we've grown, you know, kind of one of the challenges I think that all of us collectively have found is 
you know, when you're running a coffee shop that has got maybe five or a chain that's got five or six shops, you can operate in a certain way. The processes and the the um, the uh, kind of methods you use to manage and grow the business work. You get to 12, it's another challenge. We're now, you know, we're only at 17. I mean, I dread to think what it's like for people that are running, you know, a thousand units. Yeah. Um, so I think it's making sure we stay true to ourselves and, and we can deliver everything in the right way and keep the ethos as we open new shops. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, thank you very much. I'm going to open it up now for some questions. If anyone's got any questions. Just, sorry, just wait for the microphone. Hi, Will. Um, I was just understand, wanted to understand what 200 degrees' strategy around was the greater demand for healthy eating over the sort of next 12 months and over the past 12 months, obviously post-COVID, um, whether it's something key that you're looking into as, as a business. So um, I guess there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. I think people still view coffee shops as a treat, you know, so actually still you know cake and a coffee is our biggest kind of selling combo um, I think you know people are looking for healthy options in, in balance but that's the that's the definition it is in balance so you know we we don't feel sort of guilty in terms of having the, the sweeter option um, more people are definitely switching to non-dairy that's definitely growing and, and I think that's from a health perspective um, and we're, um, we're doing a kind of an overall menu review at the moment. So, you know, we have a lot of vegan customers. Um, so it's not necessarily, you know, a direct sort of health correlation, um, but, you know, sort of taking those cues from what our guests are asking for is, is definitely, well, in all businesses, it just constantly evolves, really. Oh. Hi, Will. Um, any advice for small independent businesses that are struggling through troubling times with sort of cash flow and, and keeping people engaged with their business with ever-increasing costs such as VAT and electricity bills? Yeah, let's start on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not easy. Um, I think it's about, you know, we've... I definitely feel like coming out of COVID, um, the first initial response was, like, everything's open, so let's do loads of new exciting stuff. And then you very quickly realise that the world has changed and actually, you know, you know, really the, the thing I'm kind of preaching to our teams is back to basics. So really strip back what's important. Focus on those core products that are going to deliver you the margin you need for your business to keep going. Um, make it as, as easy as possible for your teams to be engaged and deliver those products really, really well. So, you know, we kind of... We made some mistakes in terms of rushing to launch new products and new drinks and confusing the guests, confusing our teams, and you know nobody really benefits from that. So um, I think just being really scrupulous and keeping on top of your costs, making sure you can streamline your suppliers where possible. Um, and also, you know, it's not something that we necessarily want to think about, but are there buying groups or consortiums? Um, you know, are there other people in similar ways that you can buddy up with in terms of sharing some of your purchasing costs? Um, I don't know whether that's kind of relevant yeah. to, to, to what you're doing. I think I'll add to that. And I think you're talking around your people as well. It's being very clear on our, your vision, your mission, and your values, and making sure that, and this is just from like, the conversations I've had with a lot of people on the podcast, is the ones that are really keeping their staff engaged, they're really, really clear on their purpose and that vision. And that's really where you can, you can keep your people engaged to deliver the experience that you want yeah. to deliver. Uh, yeah, just to kind of back up what Andy's saying. So, you know, 
trying to make sure everyone's aligned as to what the overall purpose of the business is 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 you know it's very easy to think that it's cliche yeah. but it, it but it does matter and it doesn't have to be complicated um you know so for us is is you know one of the things we talk about is doing the day with purpose you know so if people are, if your teams aren't exuding the behaviors that that you would want for and hope for there's, there's some nice easy phrases for them to refer back to it's not a load of corporate stuff it's just be a good person do your job really well you know work really hard and and if you can get your teams engaged you know, hopefully they stay with you, so you've not got those recurring costs in terms yeah. of turnover and training. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we all work in hospitality. If you can hold on to your teams and have a good, stable, um, you know, base, and they've got clear direction as to what they're working for, you're looking after and supporting them. That's probably one of the best things I would focus on. Yeah. We've got time for one more. Hey, well, um, you mentioned the big three earlier. In the uh, in the town cities where you've got the, the 17 coffee shops, have you got any sense of if if you're stealing any market share from those local big three outlets, or indeed if you've got any anecdotal, you know, sort of feedback from the customers who've come over from the big three into your shops? Um, so in terms of direct correlation, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a bit sort of, you know, pretentious to say that we think that we've taken, you know, business off that direct shop. I think inevitably what we find is that if we can get people into the shops and they try the coffee, they stay. The challenge is, is getting them there in the first place. Um, and I think, you know, that's for, we want the product for a speed to itself, but how do you get people in to come and know and trust you? Um, and we definitely see that, um, you know, the brand, the, the brand awareness, you know, we're only, for those of you who live down here, you know, may not have been to 200 degrees, we're predominantly in the Midlands and the North. And, you know, we, we want to make sure we, we're the kind of the coffee shop of choice where there is a 200. And, and let's be honest, you know, we've only got 17 shops. We're not in every town and corner. So, um, you know, hopefully the people who, who come across us who can see us love it and they want to come back and, and we look after them. Listen, well, thank you very much for your time. No worries. At lunch again, so, yeah, really happy. Thank you very much for not heckling. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it was a really enjoyable chat with Will at at lunch, and really one of the things I really want to focus on again is is this focus on that guest experience, and and Will spoke about this in the episode about, you know, designing everything that the, the guest interacts with, whether that's, you know, even just down to having one cup size, given the the simplicity of choice, because if we if we overwhelm our customer with all these different choices of drinks and food options, they almost get paralyzed and almost overwhelmed in, in having too much choice. So it's really important that we think not only from you know a, a customer journey through the coffee shop, but you also have to think about, you know, what is going on psychologically and giving them an easy option you know so they they can make an easy choice especially in this age of you know complex certainly from a specialty coffee point of view and the type of drinks that we can have giving people simplicity of choice is is really quite important now and this spans across the whole of hospitality if we can make things easier for for our customer for our guest it really gives us that level of you know it's a it's a competitive advantage if it's if a customer comes to our, our shop and the journey and their experience is easy it's simple there's no complicated there's no barriers there 
as they're, you know, to get their coffee in this case. It really helps with the overall, you know, that, again, it's all part of brand image as well. We, we have to consider all these things when when we're designing our space again and then you've got all the people element on top of that which very clearly 200 degrees are on top of really heavily focused on how they can serve people not only in their coffee shops but also wholesale clients and even you know the general public with the barista schools so anyway yeah thank you very much for listening to this episode um again thank you to chris from uh from lunch and to will for allowing us to use the recording on the podcast but again yeah if you've got any questions any feedback let me know at andy at the cafe hustle.com and yeah and by now you've probably heard the the news that we are changing the name of the podcast come the end of this month it's our first anniversary our first year is complete at the podcast on the 31st of january and we're shifting gears a little bit and we're going to be focusing or not focusing so much but we are going to be called the hospitality leadership podcast because really what we talk about on the podcast is applicable not only to coffee shops to cafes which is obviously where my background comes from or i've came through that way in hospitality but a lot of the conversations we have generally turn back to leadership and really whether it's even marketing, you know, all your recruitment, even designing your vision and creating from a customer point of view, what your concept is, it's all dependent on great leadership. And that's what we're trying to to support by, you know, making a change to the name. And it's just to really reflect what the podcast is all about. The content won't change wildly. We'll still be covering the same elements, but we will be really focusing on other areas of hospitality as well and how, in, in if you're a coffee shop owner, how you can learn from, say, someone in the restaurant space or hospitality uh, and hotels, etc. So, yeah, so like I say, it's not going to be a massive change, but we are making that change to just really drive home that focus on hospitality leadership but yeah there'll be more information about that in the coming weeks but until next time on what is still at the minute the cafe hustle podcast thank you for joining me thank you for your support over this last year Uh, i know we've still got a couple of weeks left at this point by the time this episode goes out but thank you so much i really appreciate a lot of the feedback that we're getting the fact we're helping people in their businesses really means a lot to me and yeah that's that's the mission we're still on that mission to help you you know deliver a better business for yourself and your people but yeah thank you again for joining me on this episode and i look forward to welcoming you back on our next episode so RotoCloud isn't just about scheduling your teams. There's so many other features it offers that can make a massive difference to how your business operates. For example, think about how you store your team members' data, which, as you well know, there's a lot of it. So their personal information, emergency contact details, holiday allowance, and even typical work schedules. It can all be kept securely in RotoCloud's GDPR compliance storage solution. You can keep all of their work-related documents, find them just a few clicks, For example, their employment contracts, job descriptions, as well as employee handbooks and policy documents for your entire company can all be safely stored within Road to Cloud. Now, take advantage 
of a 30-day free trial over at thecafehustle.com forward slash road to cloud. It's completely free, no credit card required. See how much time and money you can save by using road to cloud for your people management today.